Good morning, and welcome to Inspirational Worship at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, where our mission is loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ. As always, we'd love to have you in worship with us at 8.15, 9.30, or 11 a.m. You can also worship with us live at llumc.org. For now, let's enjoy this message together with Senior Pastor Dr. Stan Copeland. Today we're going to be looking at the, um, the sermon series, Bones. This is the second Sunday in this series. Last week we looked at Adam and Eve and we talked about how um, humanity was created from flesh to flesh, bone to bone. And, and that beautiful story of how we're to be side by side, not one over the other. We talked about uh, that vertical and that horizontal dimension of what it means to be human. And today we're going to be talking about a a story out of the Old Testament. It's one of our favorite bone stories. And it features front and center Ezekiel, the great prophet, and the valley of dry bones that he finds himself in the midst of when God speaks to him. It's reminiscent of the psalmist talking about um, the valley of the shadow of death. And here in this valley, Ezekiel, Here's a word from the Lord. Do we feel today that we may be in a valley of dry bones? Do we feel like today that maybe not only in our country but throughout the world there are problems, there are issues that have taken life out of us and and we don't know exactly where to turn? Well, the answer is one that Ezekiel has. You turn to God who breathes breath into death, into dryness, and brings about life. I want to say a word about this scripture that Donna read so well just a few minutes ago. Ezekiel was one of the most visionary prophets of the entire Old Testament. He lived about 2,600 years ago, and he witnessed the terrible siege of Jerusalem by Babylonians in Jerusalem fell in 587 BC and Ezekiel spent years in exile along with other Jewish leaders in what was is now known as modern-day Iraq and there the hand of the Lord was upon him and proclaimed hope in this time of so much hopelessness and and so much despair How this truth must ring in our ears today. It's the vision of dry bones that we just read from Ezekiel 37. And this vision is the third major vision that Ezekiel had in this book that's known by his name. And we must first acknowledge the truth of this passage. It's a hard truth to acknowledge, but valleys are real. Valleys are real. And in the 13th war between, uh, year of the war between King Zedekiah and King Nebuchadnezzar, nearly one third, nearly one third of Judah's population starved to death. And, and nearly one third were killed in battles. And nearly one-third were carried off into Babylonian captivity. And there was just a remnant left in all of 
Judah. And the valley of Judah contained the decaying bones of slain victims, denied the dignity of even a simple burial. Their bodies were left to just rot away and be picked clean by the birds of the air. And this vision of Ezekiel was more than a figment of his imagination. It was the very connection with the living God who came to Ezekiel in such a powerful way that Ezekiel's conversation with God is recorded. And Ezekiel becomes that conduit of God's hope to a nation. He becomes the mouthpiece of God to the people. We need to say this morning in light of this scripture that the valleys are real and the bones are many. You know, years ago, I went to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And it was also, it was almost more than, than, than I could bear. It is so emotionally draining to go through that. And, and, and you, you get through that experience. And, and what the feeling that I had, and I would imagine most of us have, is we must never forget this history. We must never forget that within many of our lifetimes, six million Jewish persons, two-thirds of Europe's Jewish population were massacred. Many without even bones to be remembered. Many without even a place to rest. The valleys are real. You know, here at Lover's Lane, we have uh, members who come from uh, other countries. And, and there are some of our members who, who came here some years ago. In fact, a couple of our staff members here who work uh, on staff with our facilities came from the country of Rwanda. And, uh, and we can't forget the schoolrooms in Rwanda where 40,000 people were murdered in six hours. And not too many years ago, 1994. The valleys are real. Many of our members come from the country of Liberia and they fled here to the United States during the Civil War that took place there. It's been decades ago, a couple, but the reality is so very poignant. And many of them saw family members and tribesmen killed, genocide taking place. I've talked to some of our members who talked about seeing the St. Paul's uh, Lutheran Church there in Monrovia where bodies were stacked like cordwood. The valleys are real. And sometimes our atrocities against humanity are unbelievable. And dare we bear in mind the death and the graves that we've seen springing up even in recent weeks from all over the globe, victims of uh, COVID-19 and in so many people dying and all at once that it was hard to properly bury them. We're reminded that valleys are real. And today there are people who are listening to this sermon who know that reality that valleys are real. And, and, and the dry bones that they've experienced um, that are real to you and real to me. Those, those bones that, that, that we hear talk about, like the cancer is relentless. It's taking life away. 
This marriage is dead. This job is lost. The job is pointless. The economy is shot. The grief is deep. The nation is divided. The systemic racism is ingrained. And it goes beyond just the issue of the police. The days are difficult. The nights are long. And we respond much like Ezekiel did when he first responded. Oh Lord, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's response was, I don't know. Only you know, Lord. It's in your remaining in this valley. If there is any hope in the midst of the valley of dry bones, Lord, it's in your hands. You know, that's such an important affirmation that we make. That that the life in the midst of, uh, of the valleys that we find ourselves in are in God's hands. And when we acknowledge that, there is hope. Because if they're just left up to us, we we find ourselves overwhelmed. We find ourselves in in the midst of hopelessness. But we know that we claim a God who's all about life and, and even abundant life in Jesus Christ. And we get to that point of turning over the valleys of death to God then we realize that when, it, Lord, it's in your hands, that then we have hope, just like Ezekiel did. Ezekiel had enough faith. He had enough hope. He had enough love. He had enough courage to proclaim in the most unlikely place of all on the earth that it's in God's hands. And then he tuned his ears to hear God. What God would say, how God would direct, what God would have him do. And friends, when we get to that point in the midst of our dry valleys, filled with the bones of the past, when we get to that point that we can turn it over to God, and then proactively listen to what God might say and and then act as God would direct and trust God for the outcome. We live in hope. You know, I want to share a word of hope with you and, and anyone experiencing the valley of dry, lifelessness, hopeless hope, bones. You probably know that the word wind is the word for breath in the Old Testament. The word for spirit in the Bible is ruach. And and in the New Testament, it's pneuma, uh, pneumonia. That comes from that root. And and we hear that word... um, spoken for spirit when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus when Nicodemus comes to him in the midst of his dryness in the midst of his spiritual dryness he comes to Jesus and he says I I, I want what you have Lord 
That's what he was saying. I've been watching you, Jesus, and I want what you have. And Jesus said, you must be born again. Nicodemus didn't understand how, how am I to do that? And, and Jesus said, it's, it's the Spirit. It's the wind who breathes life into your spirit. Trust the Spirit. And, and then last week we talked about Adam and, and, um, and, and Eve and that beautiful creation story and, and how the Lord breathed into Adam breathed into Eve the breath of life and life was born you know I talk with a fair number of people who have lost contact with God they've lost that spiritual footing Uh, they find themselves uh, in a place that they don't want to be and spiritually it seems quite dry even hopeless. You, you know, they come to me, and I'm glad that those who do, do so. And, and it's not like I find myself on a spiritual mountaintop all the time, for I'm just like you. But I know where the hope comes from. I know where to point people. I, I, I know just like Ezekiel did, Lord, it's in your hands. And, and there's so many ways that, uh, that, that we can connect with God, but we ultimately have to turn things over to God and trust God for the outcome. You know, some people say, you know, it's hard for me even to pray. I know that experience. When I was diagnosed with a, a terminal cancer back when I was in my 20s, I, find it, I found it hard to pray. It was hard for me to even admit as a pastor and a recent seminary graduate that I couldn't pray. But oh, I remember the people I connected with who connected me to the living Lord, who breathed life into me in essence, who gave me that hope that I needed so desperately. It's been my experience that I testify to. Now listen, when you think that you've lost God, That's what I want you to acknowledge. And here's what I want you to do. Breathe. Breathe. You have to anyway, right? Stay alive. But breathe with the intention of recognizing that the very breath that you breathe, the very air that you inhale, is in essence the spirit of the living God who gives not only life but gives us hope, who gives us not only hope but gives us abundant life, who is living and who wants us to live in him. God wants to bring you, God wants to bring me the breath of life, the breath of abundant life. You know, and most importantly, it's not just about us breathing, but it's about God breathing on you and feeling the breath of God. 
In John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, the 21st through the 22nd verses, we read this. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. You know, the good news of the Gospel relates not only to what Christ once did, that being his life and his living, his death and his resurrection and his ascension. But to the breath he presently offers through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we talk of Jesus, it's not just a past human being who lived, was crucified, dead, and ascended. It's about Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit being very present with us to forgive our sins to reunite us with eternal fellowship with our creator who is an advocate with the heavenly father and the energizing indwelling gift of the spirit is an experience that we can have. It's a gift that God desires to give you and to give me. When a person becomes a Christian, she or he receives the Holy Spirit within. And often the Holy Spirit does not have control of life even though the Holy Spirit resides in us. The scriptures teach us that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit if we are to overcome those things that beat us down, overcome those things that sap us from life. And being filled with the Spirit, we have to acknowledge that Jesus has breathed on us. And the Spirit that is within is the very breath of God, the very breath of forgiveness, the very breath of of the indwelling, the very breath of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit of God means in a very practical way that a believer has surrendered completely to the Lordship of Christ and sincerely desires to be directed by the Holy Spirit Directed to that place where Ezekiel came. That place where he could see the reality of the deadness. But he said, Lord, it's in your hands. And, and then he listened to the word that God had for him. And he acted accordingly. When we act accordingly, according to the way God would have us move and have our being we find that abundant life as a gift. All of this is in order to worthily exalt Christ and to be an effective representative for God in daily living out the love of Jesus. You know, we have such an opportunity right now in the midst of the valley. To live out the love of Jesus. 
to come to those who feel beaten down by circumstances, maybe brought on by the virus. To be that love to those who may feel beaten down by circumstances related to racism. To be the voice of love to those who find themselves beaten down by a spiritual dryness and they just, they, they just feel like they've lost God. May we be those witnesses who, who can share with a world in need the love of Jesus. You know, here's something else I want to say about breath uh, that I've learned this past week. Most of us use only about 20 or 30 percent of our lung capacity. We breathe shallow. We're shallow breathers. We breathe on the surface, not from the depths of our being. We so seldomly take in all of that breath that can fill our lungs to very capacity. And therefore, we often find ourselves short of breath because we haven't trained our lungs to be filled. You know, a real spiritual person is a person who knows how to breathe, in essence. Who knows how to bring in all of the breath that the Lord would have us fill our spiritual beings with and to be able to breathe out the love of Jesus. Too often we dabble on the surface. Our real spiritual person is a person who knows how to breathe and most importantly knows how to say and truly believe Breathe on me, breath of God. The theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard used to pray in this way. Teach me, O God, not to torture myself, not to make a mortar of myself through stifling reflection, but rather teach me to breathe deeply in faith. Let's breathe. And let's all bow our heads right now as we conclude this sermon time together and hear this hymn prayer and take it in. Breathe it in in spirit and truth. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what thou dost love. And do what thou wouldst do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure, until with Thee I will one will to do and to endure.
Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am holy thine. Till all this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life of thine eternity. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us in worship at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church. We invite you to tune in each week at 9.30 a.m. on this great station. Again, we're located at the corner of Northwest Highway and Inwood Road at 9200 Inwood Road, Dallas, Texas. Or you can call us at 214-691-4721. You can also find more information about worship, events, community, outreach, and all previous sermon video and audio, and much more at llumc.org. Again, that's llumc.org. We hope to see you here next week at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, where our mission is loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ.